For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hungry dogs run fast. Welcome into another episode of the Dynasty Dogs podcast brought to you by Win Daily. I am your host, Michael Anthony. Alongside me, back in the saddle, return of the Mac. Rich McAteer is back. How <laughs> you doing? What's going on? What's going on, guys? What's going on? Excited and to be back. Only, and not only is he back, we have a special guest tonight. You could say Dynasty is in his DNA. We have TJ Blake, host of the Dynasty DNA podcast. How you doing, TJ? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Mike. I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, looking forward to talking some fantasy football with you guys. Well, we appreciate Absolutely. you ha- coming on with us. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about Dynasty DNA and like what you guys are doing over there? Because I see you guys building a little uh, mini empire right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we launched Dynasty DNA a year ago, and it started out with the main Dynasty DNA fantasy football podcast with me my brother, my cousin, Andy, and our good friend, Muscles Ryan Mail. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just took off through the off season. We got quite a few views of quite a few listeners and, you know, we were doing really well and we just kept building and building and, you know, launched the website, dynastydna.net. And of course the discord channel, dynasty DNA discord, which is free and everyone's welcome to join. It's a really great platform for fantasy football. Like you guys are in it, really great minds like yourselves. And it's nice having other analysts in it, not just us, but other great analysts like you guys in it. If you have start sit questions, you can ask those. If you have like trade questions, it's just a nice place. Like if you're unsure about something, you can reach out to somebody and, you know, you can uh, get a really good answer on some of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, and we've, we've grown and we've launched more shows now because the people are wanting more content. So we do the main Dynasty DNA show. We do Fantasy Feud with Muscles Ty and uh, Jimmy. It's a uh, debate show. They debate Dynasty topics every week. The Fantasy Football Power Hour, that's my cousin Andy's show. He's really, I'll talk about a guy that does his research, man. I can't say enough about him. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he has stats and he can tell you about anything you want on any player. The guy's just a great fantasy mind. And then Start Sit Saturday, which I'm actually going to be recording after this, so I'm done with you guys. So, we're uh, we're putting out quite a bit of content and the double coverage DFS show, so we're we're all over it. That's a <laughs> lot. When do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Hardly ever. That's what I said. Right? Like I, I love football season, but it, uh, it's it's definitely a lot of work. But it's a labor of love. So I really enjoy that uh, dynasty debate show you guys have. It's it's actually interesting because it's things I typically will think about, and I'm like, huh, that's a good topic. And then you guys do it, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And it really makes you think about player values, trades, stuff like that. And Muscles and Ty, they just, I mean, they're like the reincarnation of uh, Western Pennsylvania version of Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. <laughs> I mean, they, they go at each other hard. I mean, they, they disagree on philosophies. And that's why it's great. Muscles is more, he likes to build young, get picks, you know, do things real logical that way. Ty's more, I like to swing for the fences, I like buying old players, you know. Right. 
if muscle says something bad like about someone like derrick henry he gets really insulted so it's a it's a really good show i mean it is fun it is it is definitely fun because it reminds me of myself and rich as well because uh on our other podcast in the philly sports podcast that we do the public transportation pod we got into a heated argument of uh josh allen versus jalen hurts um oh, that one still hasn't gone. Uh, that was a that was an episode one of for, for the for the hip for the books. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was just a debate on who who was who would you take Allen or Hertz or who was better. I think he Mike had him at two and I had Hertz at two, and it just turned into a bloodbath after that. So <laughs> it, it, it can happen real easy. It can happen yeah. real easy. But I will say this. I mean, as you fellows said, you know, I'm usually really busy. I got a lot going on, but uh, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts because of the stuff I do editing and doing our show. But I will say this, I listen to you guys show. I really enjoy it. So I really appreciate that. Much. I appreciate really do that. appreciate that. Cause uh, sometimes it feels like you're yelling at a wall out here. Cause like, you know, <laughs> you never know if anybody's really listening. Right. Yep. yep. But uh, all right. So you guys want to get into some uh, football talk a little bit here? Absolutely. <laughs> you guys both said that at the same time. So that works. <laughs> all right. So we'll start off with the, uh, guy you're pretty familiar with tj chase claypool getting traded oh. for peanuts to the dolphins and i'll tell you this man i'm not surprised because chase claypool is i mean i've never seen a guy that plays so big play so small i mean it mm-hmm. just drive it drove me nuts when he was with the steelers i mean it just so inconsistent i mean he he has mental issues I wasn't surprised. The only thing I'm surprised with is that the Bears gave us almost what equivalented to a first round pick for him. I mean, it would have been, it would have been one thirty two basically because we didn't have thirty two picks, so it was the first pick in the second round. Yeah, yeah, that's that's basically how it worked out. And I thought, boy, what a steal of a trade for us. And uh, he's on his way out of the league. I mean, the guy has ability, but he Mm -hmm. don't use his size. He don't play with a lot of attitude. He don't like to block. And when you don't do those things, you're not long for the NFL. And, I mean, going to Miami, let's be honest, I mean, they, they got a track team already there. They really don't need Claypool. I mean, I guess it gives them a little right. more depth. But I wouldn't want to be bringing any distraction in. And he's someone I just stay away from in all formats. Somebody in one of my leagues traded a second and a fourth for him oh. before the season. I was like, that's – Oh, my God. Why would you even – the dude rather would be a model right now <laughs> yeah. than an athlete. And you know what? I thought with him going into Chicago, I thought it was like a fresh start for him. You know, he was before he, DJ Moore got there. I thought he was going to be the guy. And it just turns out as you read more and more about him, you know, he doesn't really he's not really into football as much as you would think he should be. You know what I mean? And that's just a real, real shame. Like you said, he's got a, he's got so much ability, but like he just chooses not to not to put it out there. That's it, man. I, I remember his rookie year. He had that four touchdown game. I mean, he's capable, but. I've seen him on so many jump balls get out muscled, and it's like, dude, you're a giant. It's like you just right. let, people, let people bully you around. Like you said, it's almost like he has no desire to be there. It mm-hmm. was the downfall of him when he started to call himself Mapletron. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mapletron. Yeah. yeah, Canadian Megatron or whatever, right? Something like that. Yeah, it should be more like the freaking Goodwill Tron. That guy's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sh- yeah, you, like you said, it's a shame. He's, he's 6'4", he's 230, like 240. He's a big guy, but mm-hmm. he plays so small. It's just – it's sad to watch someone with that much ability just uh, just piss it away pretty much. Yeah, I agree 110%. 
Well, we do have some good news. We got Jonathan Taylor coming back this week. He may or may not be playing, but he has practiced. So I guess that's a positive, right? Yeah. You know what? For a guy who took him in the fourth round of redraft, I'm pretty damn excited. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty excited, man. <laughs> yeah. If you survived waiting for him, uh, I'm, I'm happy for a lot of people. Three, dude, three and one I went. I went three and one without him. So I'm like, whoo, now you're all in big, big trouble. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to see how he operates with Anthony Richardson. You know, running style quarterback, we'll see how he does. I mean, I hope Richardson don't steal a lot of goal line work. I know that's one thing I was kind of keeping my eye out on. But, I mean, the guy's just, I mean, hey, he's a monster when he plays. Hopefully he's, he says he feels great, he feels super healthy. And the Colts are playing pretty good football right now, so he should mm-hmm. be a little motivated by that. One thing I will say is we are accustomed to Shane Steichen here in Philadelphia. And he was able to make Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts both work in the running game here. Mm-hmm. Like Miles Sanders had his best season in his career with Shane Sykin. So I am I could you could double that by three with Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson just on Jonathan Taylor alone, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, man. Shane Sykin, I'll tell you what, man, that guy's legit. Mm-hmm. I've I really enjoyed his work. I mean, if you I mean go back and listen to the Dynasty DNA podcast. Through the offseason, we were already touting, you know, him going Indy. That should really help Anthony Richardson just because of the style of coach he is. I mean, hey, he worked with Justin Herbert, worked with Jalen Hurts. He has them guys looking good. Really just an all-around good offensive mind, man. So it is exciting if you're a Colts fan. Are you guys uh, buy, sell, or holding Jonathan Taylor? What What is your opinion on him for dynasty purposes? Uh, I'm holding You know, I'm definitely not selling because I still think that the value's a little less than you'd want it to be. I mean, there was a world one time where you could get two, three first round picks for Jonathan Taylor easy, you Mm -hmm. know, and, you know, that he's a cornerstone dynasty piece. I mean, I know that he's had his troubles. I mean, but there wasn't too long ago he was running back one. So once he starts turning it on, if you do want to sell him, then it's the time to strike. If you're kind of a rebuilder in the middle, you want to make sure you get fair, fair value for the guy because, I mean, he is a tremendous talent but I'm holding right now. And as far as buying goes, if I could get them for like a first, I'd love it, but I still doubt that that's going to happen. But for the right price, I would go after them, but I'm definitely holding. I'm definitely not selling and I'm definitely not underselling. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think holding's the way to go with him um, just because you haven't seen him this year. Right. Yep. So like, you know, people are going to try to lowball you. You're going to get low offers or, well, he hasn't played, so we don't know what we're going to get. So I, I kind of got it. I want to see what he's got to, uh, to offer this season. Um, before I make a decision on him, you know, he yeah. was my dynasty RB two coming into this year, so I I can't picture myself selling him right now. No, no, and and that's kind of like I said, in dynasty is a game of so much strategy. Like you got to capitalize at the right moments. If right. you're gonna sell a player of that caliber, you got to make sure that the roller coaster's at the top of the mountain before it's down in the bottom. So. I mean, right now it's down a little bit, but Jonathan Taylor, the talent he is, it won't take long. You should be back to where you want to be with that guy. He's a talent. Right. Uh, Like I said, like you both said, I am not selling right now at all. (laughs) You can't. You're not going to, like you guys said, you're not going to get your value. Uh, Last year I offered three firsts and got rejected for him in a regular one QB. Yeah. Was that before the season? I think it was before the season, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. He was getting some big, you know, fetching some big prices. And, and that's what a good running, like a good 
running back one does in any league, especially dynasty. I mean, there ain't many of them pieces out there. Like someone that I'm really looking at buying cheap right now is Brees Hall. If there's ever the doors mm-hmm. open, the doors open now. That guy's a foundational piece in dynasty league. Do yourself a favor if there's a discount. That's someone I'd look at. But Jonathan Taylor, you got to hold him. He's too talented. Where do you have those two ranked uh, towards each other? So is like one the second and then one fifth or fourth, or where do you have them both? I I have them real close. I have Bijan at one, of course, mm. and I have uh, at two, I have Brees Hall, and at three, I have Jonathan Taylor. Okay. I, love, I love both players. But I'll tell you, man, Brees Hall is a special type of guy. The Jets' offense right now is real stagnant with what's going on with their offensive line, with their quarterback problems. Everyone knows they want to run the ball. Plus, he's coming back from that ACL injury. And I don't care who you are, man. That's not easy to do the first year back. But I'll tell you what kind of a super freak he is. Look what he did against the Bills that first week. I mean, mm-hmm. he's 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 an unbelievable talent. I think that, you know, if, if Brees wasn't hurt, I would have probably had him over Bijan as dynasty running back one coming into the season. That's how much I think of Brees Hall. But the fact that he's injured, Bijan's the guy. There's no doubt about it. And he's looked so damn good off topic, but he's looked so damn good already. They need to give him more touches. Yeah, Arthur Smith shouldn't have a problem with that. (laughs) Well, he's got a problem getting a lot of people touches in that offense, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it's because Desmond Ritter stinks, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely part of it. Uh, speaking of the Steelers, by the way, Kenny Pickett's full go after his bone bruise, and we have Muth doubtful. So I guess we're not going to see Friar Muth this week. What What's going on with Kenny Pickett? I know that he's got a lot going against him uh, with Matt Canada and the offensive line. His but... really tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, man. Being a Steelers fan, I'm a lifelong Steelers fan. I mean, 30-plus years. I mean, the thing is, is he just, you know, Kenny Pickett's the kind of guy, and we said this on the Dynasty DNA show, he's a solid quarterback, but he's not ever going to be a Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert type Mm -hmm. of quarterback. He's just not. Like, he's more like – I always seen his ceiling being more like a Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff type of guy, and that's great. You can win with them guys, but you have to have everything in position. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Steelers are a train wreck, and it all starts with coaching from the top to the bottom. I mean, you watch that game against Houston, they, their coaching staff runs circles around us. I mean, they were so much better prepared than we were. And the Kenny Pickett, if, he, if he's going to have success, the offensive line's got to give him time. Our offensive line's horrible. The coaching's got to be good. The coaching's horrible. Our weapons have um, under underperformed. You know, I mean, Deontay Johnson's hurt. So, I mean, and Kenny Pickett's case if you're going to have an extreme amount of success everything's got to be just right if it ain't right you're going to have problems and that that's like daniel jones i'll say the same thing for daniel jones mm-hmm. look i mean daniel jones is one of these guys he's not good enough to make up for the deficiencies that the giants are having if you, i mean the first year when dayball come in everything was great you know they had a great plan in place the line was actually not horrible but when you give these guys that are at average at best the kind of stuff that they're seeing, they're going to struggle. And that's what we're seeing. Yeah. There was a couple throws uh, by Kenny Pickett that really concerned me. It was a like a slant route to uh, George Pickens, where he kind of just basically threw it at the ground. I was like, what? You had him. You That could have probably gone to the house the way you had him. Yeah. And oh, it, yeah. De- definitely. Definitely. And, and honestly, Mike, I think the problem's the line. I mean, I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's all 
all Kenny Pickett, but I think he's just been smacked around and hit so much. He's a little gun shy. He's a little skittish, you right. know, and, and I think that, you know, he's missing throws because of it. And because one thing about him is he was always fairly accurate. I mean, even in college, you know, and I mean, especially on them short intermediate patterns, he was money on those. And yeah, I mean, I, I think the problem is when the line's that bad, he's just getting happy feet and he's not really taking the time to, to compose himself, set his feet, make the throw because he's usually running for his life nine or ten, nine out of the 10 times. Now, do you, do you think he's the guy for the Steelers future? You don't know, or, or are you, are you done with the guy? I'm not done with him. Uh, I don't, I don't know if necessarily he's the long-term answer. I think he's definitely somebody that if you could actually get it right, he could hold the ship together for a handful of years until maybe you find that guy. But, you know, like, again, like I said, unless the Steelers fix these problems and they're all over the place, like I said, from the coaching staff to the offensive line, I mean, the way they're getting schemed, they're, they're not going to, they're not ever going to get better. I mean, that's the, that's the issue. Like you see what some of these teams do to us. We never make adjustments. I mean, even on the defensive side of the ball, like if you go back to San Francisco game, Brandon and I, you killed us. We never mm-hmm. made no adjustments. He kept killing us. Nico mm-hmm. Collins killed us. We never made no adjustments. You know, so, I mean, let's be honest. Tomlin's been there a long time. I mean, and I don't care who you are. There comes a point in time where everything gets a little stale in life. Yeah. And I, and I think, honestly, it's getting to that point like where it's like, okay, maybe a good shot of fresh blood coming in. Let's just go for the entire rebuild. I mean, we'll, we can keep Kenny for a handful of years maybe until we find the right answer. But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with him being maybe a bridge at least for the next okay, handful. I was going to say a bridge. Yeah. yeah yep. We we seen that here um, with Andy Reid. Th- I thought Andy Reid was going to be here, you know, <laughs> for my whole entire life. But, uh, you know, it comes down to it. It comes – the time comes, you know. And uh, yeah. time comes for everybody. And it might be uh, Mike Tomlin's time. Well, that's it. And to that point, you know, that's a great point because, you know, a lot of people say, like Steeler fans, oh, he'll go somewhere and win. Well, even if he goes somewhere and wins, sometimes it, it just has to happen. I mean, look, right. you, you guys go to Super Bowl. You know, Andy Reid couldn't deliver that Super Bowl. But, right. you know, you got Doug Peterson in there. Everything worked out. You got yourself a Super Bowl trophy. So everyone's happy, you know. Right. And then he went and got his, too, Andy yeah. Reid. Yep. A couple yep. of them, unfortunately. But... <laughs> um, so, Rook, so you do think Mike Tomlin is on the hot seat? I do. I do. I, I think it's not like one of these burn your house down type of hot seats. But, like, I listen to a lot of local media around here. And mm-hmm. uh, for years, he never got no blame. And it seems like the blame's starting to get pointed a little bit in his direction, which uh, right, rightfully slow, so a little bit. I mean, I mean, hey, it, it don't matter. There comes a time, like I said, all things come to an end. And I don't care. A, a new voice is a good thing sometimes. And I think, honestly, even for him, he seems burned out, tired. Let's move on. Everyone part ways. And let's see if, you know, everyone can, can do well after this. Maybe he goes somewhere, does well, whether it be college or pros. Maybe we get a new coach in and we actually can do something. But I do think he's starting to be on the hot seat a little bit, much more in the past. Because usually he gets a contract extension and he didn't get one this offseason. So something to watch. Right. I, I definitely think he has to let Matt Canada go and kind of like save his job a little bit, you know, just they, so he can take some heat off of him. They just gave him, didn't they just give him more um, like free reign, Matt Canada? I read the other day. I'm like, he's going to be more in charge of calling the plays and stuff. I'm like, dude, this guy stinks. <laughs> They're oh, giving yeah. him more responsibility. 
as well see and that that falls back on Tomlin too I mean he should have been gone last year you know and the fact that they brought him back see we we got a little hot down the stretch last year played some bad teams but you know it was nice to see Kenny Pickett get. I mean, he looked so much better than the first half of the season. Oh, I was going to say that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you thought, okay, maybe it's getting better, but I mean, the Steelers are just a team that like to do things by the book. They won't fire this guy until the season's over. So I mean, as mm-hmm. far as a fantasy football aspect goes, everyone listening, just don't count on any Steelers until you know twenty twenty four plus. So I mean, Not it's even, just a way to, not even George Pickens, really? Because I'm still holding out hope for him this year. I mean, Pickens is going to – he's going to be the guy that's probably going to have a floor of 68 points every week. But, like, mm. he's, he's so talented. Yeah, he could bust the, bust one and get you one just like he get you against the Browns. You know, it could happen. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not totally out on the guy, and I'm definitely not selling. I I'm, I'm guess I'm just saying, like, I would not trade for those players at the minute. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the offseason, if you're interested in a George Pickens, that's the time to make your move. But right now, he wouldn't bring you much help, especially if you're looking for a receiver, because our offense is just stagnant. Do you think Washington comes in and helps out with the offensive line since Muth might be out this week? He should. I, I honestly don't know why he hasn't been on the field more. I mean, with the struggles we've had, there should be no reason why he can't be chipping or, or something. We haven't seen that much of him. And, you know, the guy, I mean, I remember the first game, he pancaked Nick Bosa, and I thought, man, this kid has something. Yeah, yeah, this kid's just a rookie. Why is he not on the field? And Chuk's a core for our right tackle. If everyone don't know the Steelers, he's absolutely horrible. I'd be con- <laughs> I I'd contemplate putting Darnell Washington at the right tackle position because he can't do any worse. So, <laughs> all right, well, we'll stop uh, burying your Pittsburgh Steelers here now. A <laughs> couple uh, just injuries we got. Javante Williams had a hip injury. He was limited at practice. Um, I guess this is kind of like what we're going to be dealing with, Javante, maybe for his career a little bit banged up. I'm so, surprised it took him. It took him that many, uh, what four weeks to get injured. Um, he just seems like a guy who's always hurt ever since he came in the league. Always hurt. And there's a lot of guys who I think Mike, you were high on him. Um, I am, yeah. I still him. kind of am. Yeah, man, you're high on all these damn guys who like <laughs> no one else is high on. Um, but yeah, it's it's a shame. A young kid is always getting hurt. It's a and in that uh, that Denver that Denver team, God bless them. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, man. Javante Williams. I mean, I'll tell you, average at best, man. I mean, even when he plays, he just has not looked good. He doesn't you know? really have the juice right now. It seems like. No, and I mean it could be the ACL a little bit, but like so many people were paying absurd prices for him whenever he was a rookie. I mean, I know a lot <laughs> of people. A lot of people touted him. I just never really seen it. Just kind of reminds me of a three yards and a cloud of dust type of guy. I mean, I know like he can break tackles and he's, you know, but a lot of people knock Damian Pierce and it kind of reminds me of like, maybe that's the same type of player he is. And like, I don't get that. Like some people really knock Damian Pierce, but right. they really love Javante Williams. You know, I will so, say, I will say Javante gets targeted more in the passing game than Pierce does. They probably yeah. could, should, and could use Pierce more, but at one point, Javante was like top five in the league in regards to targets and receptions out of the backfield. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. And one thing I will say about Denver running backs, and we brought this up on the Dynasty DNA show, there's a guy by the name of Jaleel McLaughlin. Mm -hmm. And if he's available in any of your leagues, pick him up. Because Sean Payton loves guys like this. I don't know why. 
But like they, they just come out of nowhere. I mean, we've seen it. I mean, even Kamara was kind of a bit of an unknown, you know, at first when he come out. I mean, no one expected him to be what he become. But I mean, everyone thought he'd be okay. But man, that guy was a superstar with Sean Payton. So I don't know. I just see like Samaje P. Ryan hasn't been getting it done. Nothing. And I, Not I know a thing. Lot, yeah, and I know a lot of people were sleeping on him. Javante hasn't got it going with the <laughs> ACL. So I'm just saying, like, if you're running back needy, Jaleel McLaughlin's a, a name to look at. Yeah, especially for I would say for redraft purposes, because I I don't what do you I don't really see a dynasty value for him. Do you? No, not really. I mean, if he's available in your dynasty league, pick him up because I for mean a he's flyer. Got, yeah, I mean, and two, I mean, I, I don't care any running backs valuable at this point in mm-hmm. the season because something if something does happen to Javante again, you know, I mean, and he's going to have even more of a role. And it's always nice you hey if you get him off the waiver wires, even a rebuilder. Something happens where he starts getting more snaps. You could flip him for maybe a late second or something. And honestly, it's like, how much better does it get than that? I mean, that's 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 just maximizing your value. Mm-hmm. I I I actually do 100% agree with that. He has looked good in even just these limited amount of touches that he's had and a limited amount of, a limited amount of appearances. That McLaughlin is it McLaughlin? How do you say it? McLaughlin. Yeah. McLaughlin. That's what I figured. I just. Because, you know, they're changing their names everywhere. Football, <laughs> a, a chain is, a, I don't even know what it is anymore. A chain, a chon, that's what I think. <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm giving up at this point. I'm just going to call them everybody by their first name from now on. That's right. <laughs> uh, the last injury thing I really have is uh, T. Higgins with a bro- one singular broken rib, which I've never heard that before. Usually it's like one multiple. Word. Yeah. Uh, I'm staying off of him. This week, I'm kind of afraid of this entire Bengals team, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But I, I'm staying away from him right now. Yeah, 110 percent, man. The Bengals mm-hmm. got their problems, and I think a lot of it is injury related. But like you said, we'll definitely dive into it when you're ready. Okay. You got anything on you staying away from him, Rich? What T Higgins? Uh, well, in in for this, di- for, di- uh, for this week, yeah. Well, he's hurt, so. Uh... Not really. Don't, don't, don't want to throw him in the lineup, but uh, dynasty purposes, I'm, uh, I, w- I would go in on him. Because like I said oh, before, yeah. a couple episodes ago, I think he's going to eventually move and be a number one somewhere. I don't think he's coming back. No, they, Cincinnati. Can, they can't afford him. I mean, Mm-mm. I would be surprised if they could. And that's a really good point, especially if you're a rebuilder, middle of the road, like a productive struggle type of team. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, T. Higgins is a good target right now. Another guy could be a little bit discounted, especially if a contender has them trying to add, you know, something to help them now, you know, so that's something to look at. All right. So let's get into a little bit of week four. You guys ready? Yep. Well, I'm ready, baby. (laughs) All right. So we'll actually start with uh, Texans and Pitt, Pittsburgh, Texans, one thirty to six. We won't really talk about the Pittsburgh side because we kind of did that already. There's not really uh, much, uh, much to talk about on that side. Yeah. Other, so, other, other than it. the fact that C.J. Stroud, I will mention him. Like he, he That's where good. I was going to go with this. Yeah, yeah I wasn't going to talk much about the Steelers. I was going to go with C.J. Stroud. Has he moved into the top 12 conversation for Dynasty? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my – right now, I, I, he's my quarterback one in that class. I love wow. I love what I've seen out of C.J. Stroud. He's, he's poised, he's calm, he's collected. That team really don't have many weapons that they gave him. And he's still getting it done. And I like D'Amico Ryans. I like that staff. I mean, that San Francisco offensive-minded type of staff. And you got to think, man, they still have a first-round pick next year. And as we mentioned, T. Higgins available. Could that be a fit? 
Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk available. Uh, also, uh, D'Amico Ryan's from the San Francisco tree. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't that even think nice. about that. Something to keep an eye on. That's a good one. I like that a lot. But yeah, I I completely agree with you. I'm I have him at two out of this class. I had had him at two even pre-draft. I just love Anthony Richardson, like you said, <laughs> with the poison stuff like that. But with Stroud, he you know sixteen to thirty, three hundred six yards, two TDs, has not thrown a single INT this season. Two three hundred yard games. The other two were almost three hundred yard games. With the lack of weapons, like you said. He's looked good. He's solid. He definitely solid. And and that's for a rookie quarterback to come in. And, you know, I mean, our pass rush really didn't get after him like I would have liked to have seen. Is that we just, well, I don't know, or even our defense didn't show up to play. And their offensive line was in shambles. But that just shows you, again, going back to coaching, they had a great game plan. But honestly, man, C.J. Stroud, to me, he's, he's one of the hottest dynasty commodities in this rookie class. Honestly, man, if I can get him, I'm looking at him any way I can. I'd easily pay two first, easily. In a super flex, yeah. Yes. I would agree yep. with that, too. I know Rich, Rich is want, probably Do you want two first? Head. You want two first for uh, C.J. Stroud there, Mike? No. <laughs> so in, in our league, he went C.J. Stroud, and I unfortunately made the left and took uh, Bryce Young. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm paying for it now. Well, that figures. But honestly, though, man, like, and, and I, when we talk maybe even about Carolina, we'll get more into it. But I'm not giving up hope on Bryce Young. No. You want, you want to talk about the complete opposite from what Houston's doing with Stroud and Carolina's doing with Young. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a complete polar opposite. D'Amico Ryans, man, got to tip my hat to that guy. I give him a lot of credit because I think he's what's stirring the drink there for Houston right now, making things the way they are. He's doing a great job. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think Frank Reich has not really put Bryce Young in the best position to win, and Stroud has looked light years ahead of him right now. Yeah. Yeah. Bryce's size has continued to be a problem, and he's already been hurt too, which is terrifying. And that was the knock, man. But, you know, like Adam Thielen is is solid, but really outside of him, there's nothing there. I mean, and then they traded all them picks. Now, that's the only thing I'm concerned with. They traded all their capital, and yeah, I mean, they better sign some people in free agency. That's yeah. all. I, I think I did see today. Speaking of like T. Higgins and stuff, someone said on Twitter that Carolina has looked into possibly acquiring T. Higgins, which with that would be a huge move. But like yeah. you said, they have nobody. They have Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, who I didn't like, who I thought was overdrafted, big time, and uh, what's it? Terrence Marshall is the other one who's literally done nothing. And everybody loved him coming out of uh, LSU, right? LSU yeah. product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just yep. done nothing, nothing to write home about. But, you know, we'll see. It's still very, very young. It's the fourth week of the season, you know. Yeah. Not time to He's, hit the panic button just yet. No, no. Not until year two on that one. Yeah. But, uh, all right, so we'll get to the Jets and Chiefs because this – this is actually going to be surprising to hear me say this. Obviously, the Jets lost 20-23 to 23 to the Chiefs, but Zach Wilson looked pretty My good. Boy. My boy. Rich is a big <laughs> Zach Wilson guy. And I, I just feel like we talked about this last uh, last episode um, that I was on, um, that I just think he got a raw deal, kind of. He kind of got thrown into the fire um, really young. He looks like he's 12. Um, <laughs> he's like, what, 20, 23? 23, 22, something like that. And I feel like he just got thrown right in there. And uh, he needed Aaron Rodgers there. I think that would have been, you know, 
sensational for him to develop and sit behind him. But now that he's thrown into the fire again, I think he kind of he looked good last week. He looked he looked better than he did in previous weeks. Um, I liked what I seen out of him. I just, I seen that the fix was in towards the end of the game. They're like, oh no no, we can't have the Jets beat uh beat them. No no no. <laughs> so uh, that's what happened there. They kind of uh the fix was in. Just keep let's just uh, keep it keep it PG and say that. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of Zach Wilson this week, TJ? Yeah, he played a lot better, and and that's a good thing for him. I mean, confidence is everything for a quarterback, and I mean, hopefully he can build off this. It'll be interesting to see. They got a really easy, winnable game coming up against the Dem- the vaunted Denver Broncos this week. <laughs> so, I mean, if if he's going to be able to build off it, this is a good follow up game. Let's hope now. Kind of like what we just seen with Justin Fields. Can he get another game to where he can build off this, help build his confidence, maybe have the Jets winning? I think that would be good for the whole team as a, a whole. And, two, I mean, get some of these weapons involved. Let's see Garrett Wilson maybe have a better game. Let's see Brees Hall maybe have a better game. Would you, uh, if you were in a super flex league and you needed another quarterback, would you trade Zach or would you acquire Zach Wilson for a second? Would you do that? Uh, if I needed, I, if it was a quarterback three situation, I wouldn't mind it. If I knew my pick was going to be around 10 to 12, like 210 to 212, I wouldn't mind it. I definitely wouldn't want to count on him as a quarterback too. Right. But if, uh, yeah, but, I agree with that. But, but if my cover was bare and I needed more depth, because let's be honest, if you do have an injury and you need to play someone for a week or two, it's nice having somebody. So, I mean, I mean, with his rushing prowess, I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, for a late second, I don't think that's a bad deal. Yeah, I agree with that. Like you said, he does have some, you know, favorable matchups coming up. Like you said, like Denver. Um, I'm sure there's probably more, but he looked better. He he definitely, you know, he put up 245 yards, two TDs. He he looked more confident. And like you said, confidence is the big thing for quarterbacks. Yep, absolutely. Everything I, seemed to work well. I think what they need to do also, and what they had they were doing um, last game was kind of having him throw those short to intermediate passes and having the guys run short slants and stuff like that to have throws that he knows he can make. And that'll help build his confidence a lot. I think, you know, can to continue to throw and get consecutive passes in a row to guys. So they, they have been doing that. Let's hope they continue to do that with them because inevitably, how long do you have Aaron Rodgers for? You know what I mean? Another well, he maybe he's coming back this year. Apparently yeah. is what he's saying. He's saying a whole he, lot. He's saying a whole lot. You know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. He's saying a whole lot. <laughs> he needs to go on one of those weird, uh, what is it, peyote Mr. retreats or whatever, whatever the hell he goes on. <laughs> um, do you think Zach Wilson gets another shot and on another team, I would imagine, or do you think he sits behind Rodgers for a bit? Oh, I think he gets another chance. I mean, we've seen other guys. We've seen Sam Darnold get another chance. <laughs> we've seen Baker Mayfield now get countless chances. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's this guy – this guy is a top three pick. So, I mean, that's why, like, going back to your question about, like, acquiring him for a second, I don't mind it because, hey, let's be honest, super flex leagues, quarterbacks are valuable. And, again, like I said, if you had him sitting there on your bench, it's never a bad thing if you need a plug-and-play situation. And I don't think he's dead after this year. I really don't. I still think that there's a chance in these next two to four years where he's going to get more opportunities. Because mm-hmm. what if he goes to a team like Atlanta? That would be, be huge. Yeah, good yeah. offensive line, great weapons, could be something. Yep, yeah, it has a chance to be. Yeah, well, yeah, I kind of was hopeful for Desmond Ritter, but that really hasn't. I was hopeful, hopeful. I wasn't God, like you know, free Kenny Pitt, uh, Kyle Pitts. 
free yeah. Kyle Pitts. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that that is probably one of the most frustrating situations in all of football is the Atlanta Falcons just passing game in general. Drake London and Kyle Pitts. I posted it on Twitter. I'll have to pull it up, but the rate he is being or the way he's being used just mind-boggling to me. Yeah, Kyle oh, Pitts. Ab- yeah, absolutely, man. And honestly, and I said this and I mean it. Uh when we were talking about this in the offseason, they made a trade for John U. Smith. And I said, and I said, we were laughing about it because we're like, he's going to get used more in Kyle Pitts. And we're like, oh, there's no chance. But deep, <laughs> but deep, but deep down, I felt that way because <laughs> yep. they, he fits what they want to do. John U. Smith does. They want to run the ball. He's a blocking tight end that can catch him. He's no scrub. But I right. mean, he's, he's more of a blocking style guy. And I've said this a million times if you have Kyle Pitts and your tight end situation sucks, John New Smith's available. I would pick John New Smith up off the mm-hmm. waiver wire and start him over Kyle Pitts. I think Isn't Rich it? did that. Well, not start him over Kyle <laughs> no, Pitts, but I, picked him up. Yeah. I, yeah. I started him over Logan uh, Logan Thomas, that, oh. which was, uh, of course, he put up 32 the, the week I don't start him. Oh, <laughs> well, that's how it always works, man. But, right. But honestly, though, John New Smith's like around tight end 10 right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is crazy. Yeah. And it's, that's an offense that has Kyle Pitts. But, you know, I will say this, the, the situation for Kyle Pitts sucks, but we mentioned this too. Like, I'm starting to run out of even excuse-making for Kyle Pitts because it is bad in that Atlanta offense, but we've seen Drake London have flashes. We've Last seen, year and this year too, yeah. Yeah, we've seen uh, John U. Smith come in and catch balls. Bijan's catching balls. I mean, everyone's trying to make plays here and there, but like, like if you've seen a Kyle Pitts game where he had 20 or 30 points here and there, like even one out of seven, you're like, okay, well, there it is, or one out of eight games. But we just have not seen it. And I was like, I did the start-sit show, and I had him as a start against the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are horrible. So did I. <laughs> and, and I said, the big reason why I'm doing this is because, like, this is your chance to prove it to me one last time. Like, this is it. Like, we're playing the worst defense tight end or t- tight end defense in the league. We got to see something. And he got, like, eight points. Yeah, like, I, I almost did it again because Jacksonville was like a mid-tier against the tight end position, and I just like, you know what, I'm not doing it again. I can't, I can't do it again. But nice. I did pull up some stats for him, and I posted it on Twitter a couple days ago. He has 21 targets. That's 10th in the position. 18.3% target share. That's 10th for the position, which is solid. But his catchable target rate is 52.9%, which is 40th. For yeah. tight ends, please help him. <laughs> yeah, somebody yeah. help him. He needs something, but you know, I compared his situation real similarly to Vernon Davis. Like I, I find that very eerily similar. Vernon Davis was a high athletic type of tight end that was picked high by the 49ers. They had no business picking him back in the day because the 49ers back when they picked him were not that good, mm-hmm. and they they had trouble getting him the ball. He looked like a bust. Then he bounced around. He went to like Washington. He went to Denver and he actually was pretty solid. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to sink the ship on Kyle Pitts. And here's the thing. If you have him right now, you cannot sell because you're no. not, I mean, I mean, you're, you're getting nothing for him right now. So <laughs> the best thing you can do is just hold him. Maybe they move him at the trade deadline. There are kind of rumblings. Maybe something happens. I don't know. Or he signs somewhere else. And when he does, maybe you hope he can have a resurgence. My my thing was last week, um, I talked about this on uh, London and Pitts like at length. 
believe it or not, I'm buying both of those guys. If I have a team that's not really ready to compete, if I'm a team that's like a middling team, maybe next year or the year after, those are both guys I'm trying to grab now. But what are you trading for it? What would you I mean, give I up? don't think Pitts is worth any more than a f- single first right now, even in tight end premium leagues. Yeah, I would val- definitely give that up. His value's way down there. I mean, Drake London, I have no problem giving up a mid to late first for. Because, Agreed. I mean, even as a wide receiver, too, he's still, if you're a contender, he's going to flex him, whatever. He's going to offer you solid, solid numbers, usually. I mean, he might have a stinker here and there. Kyle Pitts is definitely a little tougher. And, and I made this point, too. We got to remember, man, the hype machine with Kyle Pitts, the hype machine's starting to come up a little bit. So like it's, it's, it's not like it was. It's starting to come up a little flat. So Brock Bowers is coming out next year. That, yeah, and the and amount what, of tight ends yeah. we had this year, too. And when that happens, yeah, yeah. And then when that happens, he, he's going to even fade even worse. So, like, I, I definitely – I like what you're saying, maybe. But I think, honestly, if you wait, as disappointing as it is, I mean, you could acquire maybe for a high to mid-second at the end That's of the season. That's actually really good. I didn't even think about that. That is actually a good point, waiting on him. Um, yeah. The way this tight end class has started already with Laporta, Musgrave, uh, Kincaid hasn't really hit yet. I was going to say that's it. <laughs> Laporta, Kincaid stinks. Uh, Michael Mayer stinks. On, stop it. <laughs> I, dude, I know he's your boy. I get it. But, like, he's put up six points like four straight weeks, dude. It's, it's like the rookie tight end position. It, it just doesn't hit right away ever. It does like. for Laporta and Musgrave. <laughs> True. Laporta's but, having the season you thought Kincaid was going to have. Yeah, my hot take was Kincaid being a top five tight end this year, and it turns out it might have been Laporta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how it always works. But honestly, man, that that's that's not far far off. Like I I think Kincaid will get better as the season goes. The Bills are just the Bills are just so blessed at so many positions. Mm-hmm. They don't got to force nothing, you know, and that really plays in his favor. Plus Dawson Knox is still there. It's kind of hard just to kick him completely to the curb, you right. know. So. I mean, I think next year – I mean, the Nats was a great point with Kincaid. You could maybe buy him fairly cheap in the offseason if, if it's disappointing. If it I could, yeah, mm-hmm. I could see him having a lot better year two than year, than year one. So You know what's crazy? I found this out one last thing on this is uh, Pitts is younger than Kincaid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> never – like that, that just – Pitts has been in the league for three years, and he's 23, and Kincaid's almost 24. That's the bad thing about Pitts, man. He just, he, you know, you come in as young as he did. He come into a team that had, really had no business picking him. They had so many more needs than an athletic tight end. I agree. We I wanted said that. Him so I, bad. We so wanted him so bad here in Philadelphia because well, he's from well, he's a Phil, He is a Philly guy, so we, we wanted him. But I remember seeing Atlanta take him. I'm like, what are they doing? And I'm still <laughs> saying the same question, saying the same thing. They need a quarterback. Atlanta needs a quarterback. And they keep taking everything but a quarterback. I'm like, they just well, they can't get out of their own way, you know? They can't. And, I mean, that's even like Bijan. He's a great player. But let's be honest. Yeah. They had Tyler Algier, who's a 1,000-yard back. Jalen right. Car- Carter was sitting there. Mm-hmm. Their defensive line, I mean, if you're not going to draft, if you're a bad football team and you can't get a quarterback or get the quarterback uh, situation solidified, you got – I mean, you got a, a, a prospect like him on the defensive line or one of these big mauling offensive linemen can't miss. That's who you pick. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. Defense in Atlanta. I mean, I, again, you're you're right. They probably could have taken Jalen Carter and made that defense even better than what it is currently. But it has been, you know, no slouch of a defense so far. 
in Atlanta. They just can't get the offense going. No, no, they can't, man. I mean, once they figure that out, and, and I said this about Atlanta. Now, just watch. I mean, this offseason, it'll be interesting. Russell Wilson's probably on his way out of Denver. Sean Payton and him, that's not a good marriage. Uh, mm-hmm. That could be an option, potentially. There's a couple quarterbacks that could be on the move. Tyler Murray. Tyler Murray, yeah. So, I mean, there there's names in two. I mean, do they try to trade up and get one of these guys? It's possible. So, I wouldn't sleep on Atlanta trying to solidify that position. I, they love they love the shiny new offensive toys on that team ever mm-hmm. since we and it just hasn't panned out just yet. No. But what can you do? Uh, next game that we're going to talk about is the Bengals and the Tennessee Titans. Really, I just want to talk about Joe Burrow. 20 to 30, 165 Ugh. yards, no TDs, none. 57% completion percentage for the year, two TDs, two interceptions. Is he dropping in your rankings? No, because it's an injury problem. I mean, that's just the truth yeah. of it. I mean, th- I think what the Bengals are doing, they should have probably sat him. If this was a year or two ago, they probably would have sat him. But I think they know with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and, and Burrow, this is the last hurrah, like we talked about. I, I don't see them being able to bring T. Higgins back. So I think they tried to force you know him playing or him. he tried force himself playing. Because, you know, they, they want to try to win a Super Bowl. And Joe Burrow just got that big contract. So there's no room for T. Higgins. Jamar Chase is next. We already seen both their safeties walk last year in free yeah. agency. So I think, yeah. they, I think they felt like the clock was ticking a little bit. And I think Burrow felt pressure that he had to play. He just wasn't ready, man. He still don't look right. And I think it's just because, No, he doesn't. I think it's because of the calf. And, and this is another guy, if I can, you know, somehow get cheap towards the middle end of the season – as a rebuilder, if I have like a Kirk Cousins, could I flip him in like a first and something else to get Joe Burrow? Could be possible. You know, yeah. so I think that's just something that, to think about. Yeah, he probably should have listened to Chase in regards to uh, maybe sitting until week five, but he decided to tough it out. You know, again, I do agree with you. It is the calf, but believe it or not, he is dropping for me. And it's not to do with Joe Burrow. He's not dropping. I'm not saying we're dropping from like four to 12 or anything like that. Right. To me, Justin Herbert has taken the next step and he's jumping. He's jumping him for me. That's what I I, really, what I mean. I agree with that sentiment 110%. I guess I should say like, yeah, he might've dropped a spot or two, but he's still one of these elite fantasy dynasty quarterbacks that if you have them, you should be happy having them. I mean, because you know what he's capable of when he's healthy and he's right. But, yeah, Justin Herbert, man, I mean, I kind of was hoping that a lot of people were buying him on a discount because I figured this would happen. Kellen Moore coming in. They got yep. that offense rolling. And, two, he's healthy, and that offensive line's healthy. So, Yeah, we I talked about it on the uh, episode for the AFC West. Um, we, do a, we did the segment Dog Tags and Dog House where, you know, the guys we were looking at we were trying to acquire or guys we think we were going to really blow up this season – and Justin Herbert for the Chargers for me was my dog tag just because like what you mm-hmm. said, it was the Kellen Moore effect, in my mm-hmm. opinion. You know, yep, yep. every year he's been there the, or at that in Dallas, he they were the top like five offense in the league every single year in every single category. And to throw that with a young, strong armed quarterback who's really had struggles, you know, you know, how can I say this? Really had struggles, struggles taking the next step. Kellen Moore is a breath of fresh air there for him. 
He is. And I, I honestly think with Herbert, I think he just tried carrying that team too much. You know, I think that they put a lot on his shoulders. And then last year when the chips were down, everyone got hurt. He was hurt. He had them rib problems. He didn't even look like he could hardly That's throw. True. He couldn't mm-hmm. throw like the real Justin Herbert. I mean, he didn't, couldn't get the velocity on it like he usually could. But you're right, man. Kellen Moore was the X factor. And now that everyone's healthy, boy, it's it's just it's just uh, all, all steam ahead for the Chargers offense, man. They're elite. I mean, I want pieces on that offense anywhere I can get them. So is he? So we'll, but we'll go back to just uh, Joe Burrow here because we got a little bit off a, on a tangent of a guy I'm very excited about in Herbert. But um, so you you were saying that Burrow you think is a buy low candidate. Rich, do you kind of agree with that, or buy lower yeah. account? account uh, yeah, I guy. think so. I think his value is low right now at the moment because obviously it's the eye test. So you could potentially get him for you know a lower than what you would get, you know, last year, obviously, with, you know, the way he's playing. So it's like now it's like the time to jump on him, I would think, to try to move for him if if you want to acquire him. But, like, he's only going to get healthier as the season goes on. With that, he's going to get better and better and better. And with that, it's like the value goes up and up and up and up. So if you want to get him, if you want him, I would try to get him between this week, next week, or the week after. After that, I just see him ascending. Yeah, I, I agree with that. What what would you say? Probably two to three first last year yeah. in a super flex league, TJ? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think it would be two first and another quarterback or three first. I agree. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. But I think two first might be, if someone's really frustrated, like a contending team, or not <laughs> maybe not a contending team, but a middling team that's frustrated, Maybe you could get them for two seconds because you we've seen it all across Dynasty. People get super frustrated way too easily, and they'll sell them for way cheaper than they need to. That's it, and I've always been a big proponent. I never throw my final offer out first. Like I try to, right. I try yeah. to you know try to throw a little bit of a lower ball offer out, see what <laughs> see what happens, and a real sinker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes people will be like, "Hey, get the heck out of here," and then some people were like. Hey man, uh, that's too low. But try this; they'll ca- they'll counter, and then you can counter with them, and then you can maybe make a deal happen. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's the, that is the best way to do it. I usually will, you know, getting into a little of trade discussion. I will message someone and be like, "Hey, you know, are you looking to move this person? Not so much what are you looking for for this person, because then they're going to give you their fucking grocery list of <laughs> things that they want. I made that mistake today. I asked what somebody was looking for for Garrett Wilson and they sent me a trade offer of Devonte Smith and uh, Jameer Gibbs. I was like, nah, dude, that's, <laughs> that's way too damn much. Yeah. Like I shouldn't is. have done that. I don't normally do that, but I just wasn't paying attention to what I was saying. <laughs> but I screwed up on that one. It happens, man. It happens to the best of us. Believe me. <laughs> I, I, I messed up trades before. And I mean, the best thing you can do is, is just keep shopping around. You know, there's always someone that, like you said, is a little more frustrated than another owner, you know, and, and then you can maybe make a move. But like Garrett Wilson, I mean, not going on a big tirade about him. I love him. Great dynasty piece. But I mean, really, like you said, like a scenario with Devonta Smith involved, how far off are they really right now? Not that I, I far mean, off, in my opinion. No, no. Right. Because I have Garrett at five and I think Devonta at like eight. So that's yeah. really not that far of a jump for me to no. trade another first, essentially. No. Yeah, and I mean, Devontae is probably going to ha- definitely have better production by the end of the year. Oh, and, yeah. and, and the thing is, man, Garrett Wilson, yeah, he might 
outclass Devonta maybe in like two or three seasons total, but like how much is he going to outclass him by? It can't be that much, you know, so. Right. All right, so let's let's get into the last of week four, and then this actual game I'm going to tie into week five as well. We'll start with uh, the Broncos side of this. The Broncos won 31-28. Russ looked, I mean, I know you said that you think Russ is probably out of there. The marriage between Sean Payton and him haven't really worked out, but Russ hasn't really looked that bad, to be honest with you. Uh, 21 of 28, 233, three TDs, 1,000 yard, 1,000 yards already this season, nine TDs, two interceptions. I mean, maybe this marriage isn't going to last, but I mean, he's played pretty well so far this season. Substantially better than he did last week. I mean, last year. <laughs> yeah, he's got already, I think last year he had 13 or 14 touchdowns. He's at nine already this season. Yeah, so. and, and we mentioned that during like one of the old Dynasty DNA shows. We said we could see it getting better for Russell Wilson. And as much as people complained about Russell Wilson last year and it wasn't good, he still was like quarterback 15 or 16. So, I mean, he wasn't horribly bad, but he wasn't that quarterback one people were looking for. But honestly, man, I mean, if I'm looking for a quarterback two in Dynasty Leagues as a contender, I'm going after Russell Wilson right now because you're right, he is playing good. And I think you can get him for a fair price. And I think a lot of people like associate Denver, like they got this big stink on them, which I mean, mm-hmm. rightfully so. I mean, they ain't playing good football. But it's more the on the defensive side than anything. Right. As far as like NFL football goes, yeah, I think good with the Broncos. But as far as Russell Wilson getting fancy points, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's there. I could see, though, Sutton or Judy being moved before the end of the deadline year. One or the other. I don't think both. I don't see the scenario where both are gone. But I could see Judy or Sutton being gone. I definitely yeah, well, think they, that's possible. They look like they're unloaded now. They just traded um Oh Randy uh, Randy Gregory. Randy, right? Randy Gregory uh this afternoon to uh San Francisco of all damn teams. But um so does that mean they're like selling or you know I, I don't know. They're definitely selling because I think Sean Payton's trying to spin it as okay, it didn't work from this old regime. I took over. Let me yeah. let me do what I want with this roster and this team. It ain't good, we're bad. Let's get rid of some of these contracts. I do agree. I think Jerry Judy's the one to go. I would be surprised if Sutton. I don't think there's going to be a lot of a, a big market value. For yeah. I think I think Jerry Judy would be the one to go. But I mean, with Marvin Mims there, plus Greg Dulcich is injured. <laughs> I do think he'll be back. And I mean, he is solid. That gives him another weapon. So as far as Russ goes, I don't see his production taking too big of a hit. So I mean, I, like I said, I kind of like him as a quarterback two by as a contender in dynasty because you shouldn't have to give up much to get him. And I think he's going to be solid till the end of the year. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. And do you think they could get out of that contract, even if they were to move him this season, at the end of the season? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know exactly all the details, but I, I, I think that there's a good chance that they could probably at least get out of some of it. I mean, they might have to eat some of it. But mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, now that it's going into year three next year, they might be able to get out of some of it, just depending on how it's structured. It's definitely right. not going to be as bad as uh, the Eagles getting out of that Carson Wentz uh, Wentz hey. contract with it. What was it? Twenty? That's your boy, hey. Car. Oh my hey. God! Anyone do dude, that? If there was anyone. He had a sign on the corner, honk for Carson Wentz. This guy. Oh my God! <laughs> we don't talk about that on this show. Oh yeah, there will be no Wentz slander here. <laughs> but uh, I am glad that you mentioned Marvin Mims because I have been incredibly high on Marvin Mims from the gate. Um, he, I had him as my wide receiver five for this class. I recently said that I'd rather have Mims over Clinton Johnson. Now that might be a little bit uh, 
you know, of uh, victory lapping a little too soon. But mm-hmm. the proof is in the pudding so far. He's, you know, he's he's made the plays when he's uh, when he's out there. He's getting, you know, kick return, punt returns, deep play threat. You know, I, I could see him being, you know, the one A or one B at the, on that team in a, you know, a year or two. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the fact that Sutton's there, veteran guy, he don't have to force himself into the, being this alpha type guy right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if Judy's moved, he can still play behind Sutton. And, you know, like I said, Greg Dulcich will be back. I mean, that, that kind of was a disappointment. I know a lot of people were thinking he'd be a sneaky later round tight end. And I, I mean, I do think he was headed that way, but then got hurt. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he'll be back too. So, yeah, I mean, I think Marvin Mims, man, I think he's going to be solid. I really like him. I agree. I mean, like Quentin Johnson, we were never high on him through the whole draft process. I mean, you can't argue with draft capital, but at the same time, when you watch the film, it just uh, it just doesn't do it for me. And if you go back, no. you go back, any Big 12 receiver, I mean, very rarely do they have success. I mean, it's very, very rare. So, Well, I think a time now to find out about, you know, what that guy Johnson's made of is now with uh, the injuries that they have in the wide receiver room, he's going to get a lot more targets and a lot more balls thrown to him. So it's either he's going to sink or he's going to swim. Um, I did draft him in Dynasty, so I'm hoping he's swimming. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how he works out. Um, but yeah, Mims looks Mims looks like he's going to be someone you know, someone in Denver. He looks good. Yeah, and I'm I'll very t- excited. I'll tell you, man. This whole <laughs> this whole second round in general last year, I said it, and we were touting it. I mean, we were super high on Jaden Reed, who looks good for the Packers. Mm-hmm. We were super high on Rasheed Rice, playing pretty well for the Chiefs, and uh, Marvin Mims. So if you pick the receiver in the second round, I mean, you got some value. And then, again, even Tank Dell in the third round and Michael Wilson. Hell so yeah. seeing, a lot, <laughs> seeing a lot of good late-value receivers this year. So yeah. I will say this class like didn't have the top-heavy names like it's had in previous years, but the depth right. of the wide receiver position, actually really at all the offensive positions, has been you know a pleasant – uh, a rival to our dynasty rosters, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at 24, it's, it's pretty much the complete opposite from what I'm thinking. It's going to be super top heavy, especially in super flex leagues. Well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I don't know as far as the depth. I mean, I haven't really scouted too many of these guys yet, but I know for a fact, I mean, the first, if you have a pick in a super flex league this year, one through six, seven, for sure, you're going to probably get a good player. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I would say at least the top four are already pretty much planned out. With you know Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr. Probably Brock Bowers is going to end up being a top four to six picks in rookie drafts. I would say, and especially in tight end premium leagues. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I if in one quarterback league, I mean you're you're going to see Brock Bowers maybe going as high as two. You know, mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. It's it's going to be a fun one. But let's bring it to the Bears. We'll combine week four and week five for them. Week four for Fields, 28 for 35, 335 yards, four TDs, one INT. He was uh, QB 12 of the week. It was his first, first 300-yard game of his career, which is awesome. Finally, finally seeing it. And then last night, 15 of 29, 282 yards, four TDs, put up 32, 32 points in, a, uh, in, a, in our fantasy rosters. Man, he's kind of like turned it around a little bit. And they finally got a win. And they're, for, what's it, like a year and a half now, I think it was? <laughs> October 24th, 2022. I, I see. So it's that. a full year. Yeah, real close. Yeah, real close. 
Well, I'll tell you, man, Justin Fields, uh, as I mentioned with Zach Wilson, one thing I'll say if you have him that you should be happy about, maybe this gives him confidence. I mean, he definitely needed it. He was definitely in the dumpster through the first three weeks. But he, I'm still not buying it. He's someone, no, he's, he's, someone, he's someone that I'm selling high on now because now you have this value went back up to everyone getting hyped up about him again. It's like riding a roller coaster with Justin Fields, man. Like, I mean, there's moments where he plays these bad teams and things fall into place and he looks like the guy that he could be capable of being. And then he plays, you know, a, a really good team or even like a Tampa Bay who's middle of the pack and he's throwing interceptions from two feet away to a defensive lineman. And it's <laughs> like, you know, honestly, like, and, and the big thing is, this is why I'm, I'm out on Justin Fields. They're, they're one and four, the Bears, and I just feel he's going to get replaced. That Everyone's pointing the finger there. I don't, I mean, they're not going to get to play the Commanders and the Broncos every week. I mean, you got to think, man, it's, I mean, I just don't see them. Green Bay owns them. Detroit, they haven't even played Detroit yet. You oh, know, that should be ugly. Yeah, that should probably be ugly. I mean, Minnesota, I could maybe see them splitting with Minnesota because Minnesota's kind of a hit or miss team. But honestly, like I could see the Bears finish with four or five wins, being up right around that three to four range, picking again. And how much longer are they going? How much longer of a rope they going to give him? Because Chicago media, you guys know this, Pittsburgh media is not like Philadelphia media. Philadelphia media is big. Chicago is even bigger yet. So, I mean, there, I've watched Facebook real videos of people just pointing a finger at Eberflus, Justin Fields, and my thing is, once he gets replaced then his value really goes down. So mm-hmm. I just see that this could be the end because I don't believe in the team as a whole. Yeah, it's always the quarterback who always ends up taking the heat, you know. Uh, whether yep. whether it's warranted or not, it's usually the quarterback or the coach that ends up falling on the sword. But it does seem like the Chicago fan base has kind of turned more on fields than they have anybody else which i mean i can get because he has looked really bad up until these past two games but the coaching has been bad like they're running the same plays back to back and you know on the goal line they try to screen twice the second time it got picked off they ran literally <laughs> exact same play for a pick six and then they're running two curl routes right next to each other they so just the keep hitting <laughs> they, just, they just keep hitting ass madden ass madden ass madden <laughs> that's all they keep hitting <laughs> and uh, like we said with Pittsburgh, that offensive line is dreadful, mm-hmm. dreadful. And when I will agree, like I said, he has looked bad, but in points, he's looked like the guy I wanted to see this year. You know? Oh, oh, that's but, it, man. That's it. If you're contending, if you're a serious contender, and you have just like you have another good quarterback, and you have Justin Fields, you probably want to hold because. He's still going to get some points running around. Even when he was bad, bad, he was still getting 15, 16 points. But, I mean, these mega games, they're just not going to happen like we'd like. I mean, I just don't, like I said, Detroit, look at Detroit did to Green Bay. They're going to play them. Like you said, the offensive line's a mess. I could see Aiden Hutchinson having five sacks, you know. And, and, And like I said, Green Bay already beat him once. They beat him up bad. I don't know, man. I like Fields. I think he's solid, but I just think he's destined for a Jameis Winston type of role. I really do. Mm. That's bold. That's a spicy one. I like it. I do. That's a spicy one. Rich is, uh, Rich is <laughs> a classified or a certified 
Justin Fields hater. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> I'm not high. I'm not as high as everyone else was. Everyone had him over uh, Jalen Hurts. Everyone was going to have, oh, yeah, he's going to be better than Hurts this year. He looks like hot garbage. Yeah. yeah. Aside that one flash in the pan last night. You That's know, two weeks in a row, though. Come on, it's not a fucking come on. Fan. He's play. He's playing the you know, dog shit teams. This is what you know. I expect that out of him. But um, you know, his decision making, I don't think is all there. But hey, if he continues next week, I could be wrong. He could. This could be the start. Yep. That, you know, that, but I, that's, that's I don't it. see it. That's it, Rich. And and you just hope for it. That's the confidence factor. But like I said, I still think it's a long shot. I'm on board with you on this one. I honestly think like this, okay, it's great what he can do from a fantasy pr- perspective, but that don't last forever if you're not yeah, getting into the NFL. It's not an right. NFL stat. Fantasy yeah. points are not an NFL stat, unfortunately. Right. That's it. The last, yep. thing we'll, the last thing we'll touch on on this is uh, DJ Moore was somebody I was pounding the table for coming in this season. He's been a consistent wide receiver, too, you know, every year leading up to this year, even with the trash quarterbacks he had in Carolina. But these past mm-hmm. two weeks, you know, 131, one TDs last week, this week, eight for 230 yards and three TDs, second all-time in Chicago yardage ever behind Alshon Jeffrey. But he is really, you know, he is he could end up as a wide receiver one this year for the first time just because of the target volume he's going to get. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I can too. I mean, hey, the guy's really good at catching underneath stuff, and he's a great yak guy. I mean, I, honestly, he might be one of the best yak receivers in the league, if not the best. He's definitely up there. I mean, what we seen last night, nothing too impressive as far as down the field. He did have that one deep ball early in the game, but a lot of it, he did a lot of his damage, you know, within 10 to 15-yard dot, kind of like Almond Ross St. Brown, mm-hmm. similar to that. Mm-hmm. I will say that I think it was like a curl or comeback route, that last TD he had was an absolute dime by Justin Fields. Like, if he had thrown that, any you know any lower it would have been probably pick six but it was to a perfect spot for dj Moore to take it straight to the house like you said great yak on that one too but i i could see him ending the year as a wide receiver one just based on like what you're saying the yak the target volume he and he's been solid his entire career this way even with you know i think i listed all the quarterbacks you know in carolina like cam newton the cam newtons of the world the um uh, Teddy Bridgewater's, the uh, PJ Walkers. You know he's dealt with all of this before. You know, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm excited for DJ. I agree with you, man. He proved me wrong. I, I was just worried about Fields being able to get him the ball. But the one thing you can't discount is his ability and the fact that he can do what he can do once he gets it in his hands. So I think that that is really what's propelling him is his athletic ability. I love DJ Moore. Just hope he stays healthy because I know he's had trouble with that in the past. But as long as he does, he's one of the best. Yeah, I I completely agree. So we'll, let's let's jump into the next game that we have. We have a couple. I have a couple games written down here for Week Five that you know I'm excited in. Uh, Giants in Miami is one game I'm interested in because I just would like to see the Giants get their doors blown off again. Uh, they're 11 and a half point underdogs in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Jones is a stock that is just absolutely plummeting. I think you talked about it on the last Dynasty DNA show, correct, TJ? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Daniel Jones, man. Uh, like I was saying about Kenny Pickett, you know, like, I like Daniel Jones, but everything's got to go right. You mm-hmm. know, and, what, and when it don't go right, 
every I mean, he's just not good enough to compensate for that. Like if Patrick Mahomes, like if his offensive line's playing bad, he's still got the arm talent. He can make throws that you know no normal person can make. But Daniel Jones isn't that guy. So I mean, I think he's just mediocre, and he's kind of showing you you know unless everything's perfect in New York. He's someone you can't count on week to week as a, as a top end option. But I mean, one thing I will say, what we mentioned, the offensive line plays is where it all starts. Yep. And their offensive line is bad. Well, they're not even doing the, the design runs. For, I mean, maybe that could be the offensive line portion of it as well, but they're not even doing the design runs for him. They had done in previous years, which is surprising. No, no they're, they're not man. And, and, and I mean, Evan Neal blasting the fans. I seen said something about how, how like, you know, people that flip hamburgers and hot dogs should be commenting on his play. It's like, dude, you <laughs> suck. You know, and, and honestly, like, yeah. I mean, I don't care what fan base it is. When you go after the fans for getting after you for not playing good, it's like, right. you know. That it's never going to end well. It's never no, going to end well. No, no. And, and we pay your salary. And it's like, buddy. You, you all you have to do is stand there and and block somebody. I mean, and you're you're criticizing someone that busts their ass every day, you right. know. And you're making millions of dollars, but yeah, I mean, honestly, man, like Dayball, I'm a little surprised though because I thought Dayball was mm-hmm. a lot better coach. I mean, I I still think he's a good coach, but I mean, I I figured he would maybe get the, this figured out a little bit so that well, we're not seeing these big lopsided games. But yep. boy, it, it just don't look good, and I think it's just because of the line. I think that's and two. The Giants are not the same team when they don't have Saquon Barkley. They're just not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could agree with that. And they didn't really, like, I was really high on Darren Waller, but it just seems like teams are noticing that, that he's really <laughs> the only option there with Saquon Barkley out. Yep. And Jones isn't finding him. No. Now he's trying to, he, that, that pick six he threw to Witherspoon, if he had just waited like an extra second, he had Waller in the corner. But he just decided to get rid of it to the flat, and it got taken to the house. Yeah, and that goes back to what I said about Kenny Pickett. I just think it's just that he's so happy feet, gun shy. You know, let's get it out fast. I got to get it out fast. He he ain't calm in the pocket, man, because he just don't have that luxury to be. And I think, you know, he can't he can't take a second to breathe because they're just after him all the time. What do you think, Rich? What do you got on? Yeah, I I know. I agree. I think they're a train wreck and I love to see it. (laughs) It's just, (laughs) it's so, it's so pleasant for me to watch. I'm such a happy boy. (laughs) I'm such a happy boy. You know, you got guys, you got guys blasting their, blasting their fans. And like we just said, that never ends well. So you're, he's going to get an earful as soon as they go home. You got Daniel Jones, who is not good at making decisions and they got no one really there. You know, um, Darren Waller, I thought was a guy who was going to be decent with the change of scenery, but you know he hasn't been anything you know to write home about. So it's all it's all great for as an Eagles fan. It looks great. Keep it up, keep it up, New York. I love it. <laughs> all right, we'll talk about one or two more here because I know you have to, uh, TJ. You have to get to your your podcasting as well. So we don't want to take up too much of your time. You're we fine. Apologize. You're fine. Uh, We'll go with uh, the Bills and the Jags. The Bills are five and a half point favorites. This is a London game. What are your guys' opinions on London games? Do you like I them gotta, or are you against them? No, I got a question about that. Didn't they play last week in London? Yeah, they kept them there for a what, week. Did they just stay there? Okay. I was yeah. like, I was like looking at it, and every time I seen it on like the TV, like my brain broke. I was like, what the? Wait a second. They just played Atlanta there. Are they still, is this a re- rerun or like what the hell's going on? They kept them. In, they kept them in London this long. It's like, oh man, they, they hate the Jaguars, I guess. I don't know. Um, 
I can I can see the Jags pulling this one out as an as an upset. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know them being there, they're not going to be jet lagged. They're going to be you know used to that's being true. there. Yeah, so I I don't think five and a half that seems a little rich. I think it's going to be close, um, maybe within a field goal. But um, let's hope my guy T Law you know <laughs> lights it up because he hasn't really been the guy I thought. We were talking about Herbert earlier, and a um, few episodes ago I said that I think. Um, Trevor Lawrence, you know, overseats Herbert as into the top five. And so far, we haven't seen it really. Yeah, yeah so, no, you really haven't. I'm hoping. I agree with you, though. I like what you said about the Jaguars. I honestly think they're going to give Bu- Buffalo a game because they do this stuff, too. I don't know what it is about the Jaguars, but they'll, they'll come out and they'll lose like to a team you don't expect them to lose to, and then they'll play a good team hard. I mean, they still could lose, but I, I'm right. with you. I think it's going to be close. I do think the five and a half is a little bit rich, but the Bills have looked, um, it looks like they have been getting a better week to week because that offense mm-hmm. started out super slow yeah. in New York. And then, you know, week two looked a little better. Week three looks a little bit better. Um, we'll see, though. We will see. But Trevor Lawrence really has not been that guy this year so far. Mm-hmm. He's in like the QB 20s, I believe, right now in regards to fantasy points. Yeah, he has, and that, I, I'm I'm with I'm with Rich. I'm surprised because I thought you know after what we seen last year, especially in the playoffs, I thought you know, and then getting Calvin Ridley this season, I thought you know they're really gonna maybe take a step forward, even you know compared to what they did last year. But they just they can't seem to get it going. He's another guy though. Like I still believe in Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I, I, I if I could get him on a discount, I definitely will. I'm definitely not overpaying because some people still value him as you know, being this generational prospect. But if someone's giving up on him, I, I think I'm knocking on that door. Yeah, I would too. I I still, I think the generational talent thing has kind of been put to rest because he hasn't really shown that yet. Uh, or, I mean, maybe he will, but I, don't, I just don't see it as of yet. But, I mean, he's going to be, hopefully, uh, a perennial top 10, top 12 guy, fantasy points, so. I would still have him in my top 12, but he just has not, he does not look right. And I, I'm afraid this is going to be um, the year three Philadelphia Eagles with Doug Peterson, where everything started to kind of fall apart. It was, you know, um, the Super the year after the Super Bowl, the year after the high, they kind of just started crashing down. There started to be this like infighting, you know, Carson versus Doug and, mm-hmm. you know, the organization versus Doug and, I'm but they've got so, so much nice pieces there. You know what I mean? They've got, you know, they got Christian Kirk. They got Ridley. They got Bigsby and they got ETN. They got Ingram. They got a nice core offense. It's just like it's not clicking. I don't know what the what's what's going on here. It's, it's a shame because I like to – yeah. I had the Jags win in division and it's not looking that way. So, that division is <laughs> wide open, if anything, right now. Wide it open. It is, man, especially with the emergence of Houston and Indy playing better. Yeah. And with Indy getting Jonathan Taylor back like we talked about because they might have won one more game with Taylor back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Bigsby, real quick, he has been taking that goal line work from ETN, and I am loving to see it. Now, ETN's getting the yard, you know, in between the 20s yardage, but he's not getting those goal line carries or those goal line touchdowns, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, honestly, I mean, Travis Etienne was a sell for us coming into the season. And this is, a big, this is a big reason why. 
The only thing I am a little surprised about, Trevor's been checking down to him, which last year we did not see at all. Like Trevor Lawrence is a down the field thrower. So I was kind of surprised, you know, he's gotten a few more balls. But yeah, ETN, man, the touchdown production's huge. I mean, as a run, when you have running backs, you're not getting these touchdowns. It's a killer. I mean, we seen it last week with A-Chain. I mean, when you can just score two touchdowns, that oh. can really propel you, man. I mean, when you're not getting them out of your running back, that really hurts. So that's why even with ETN catching a few balls, he's just going to be a spike guy. I think here and there, I think every four games you could see him getting – 15 to 18 points and then getting six you know the next two or three that's just the mm. guy he is you know last thing i'll ask about this game is do you guys like the 9 30 start no <laughs> no i love it <laughs> so, do I, yeah. so i have a one-year-old daughter who wakes up at you know if i'm getting it if seven o'clock in the morning i'm lucky so if i'm coming down you know getting her breakfast ready and everything like that i can flip it on i'm like oh look at that football's on and so we're ready to rock let's let's watch the game it's perfect yeah, right around 9 30 is right around her first nap time almost it's great <laughs> yeah i i honestly don't mind it i just i like to give like to give a hard time about these london games but on, honestly, though, I mean, I, I'm I'm surprised they kept the Jaguars uh, held hostage there for two. Yeah, that's super weird. It's like <laughs> I think I think the cons really love um, London because Rich and I are uh, wrestling fans as well. Yeah, and AEW just had a big event in London, so I think that partnership is just going to continue to grow. And I think mm-hmm. the Jags are just going to be like a team that stays in London for four weeks at a time coming soon. <laughs> Yeah, Jacksonville, be careful. They might take the team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I, I do like these London games. I like getting myself a nice bowl of cereal, just sitting there <laughs> at 9.30, you know, eating some breakfast, and then going right into the 1 o'clock games because it is a nice little bridge <laughs> right into the 1 o'clock. Picking, picking Fruit Loops out of your belly button as you're <laughs> on the couch for, for 12 hours. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's get in. Like you know, what we'll talk. This will probably be one or two last uh, games we're talking about. Uh, the Lions and the Panthers. Detroit nine and a half point favorite, which is pretty high. But you know, Carolina really hasn't looked good. We talked about that a little bit. But the main thing I want to talk about is Jameer Gibbs for the year. Thirty nine carries, one hundred and seventy nine yards, four point six yards a carry, seventeen targets, fourteen receptions, seventy yards receiving. I mean, when he gets the ball, he's been explosive. And it's just, there's a clear difference between him and Montgomery. And for whatever reason, Detroit's not using him. But I guess the reason I'm going to answer myself is that they're winning football games with Montgomery being the bell cow guy. So why change it? You know, but Gibbs is, you know, he's got uh, three 15-yard rushes, you know, breakaway rushes. That's, you know, 12th in the league. Uh, 14.6% target share on the Detroit Lions, especially since, you know, a guy like St. Brown is there and Laporta being so heavily target, targeted. That's Jameson nice. Williams. Awesome. Jameson Williams is coming back this week too. Trash. He's trash. But, hey, but, we don't, we don't know. I don't think, sure. I don't think he's going to be uh, decent, but we don't know. You could be wrong. What do you, what are you guys doing with Jameer Gibbs at this point for dynasty? <laughs> Well, honestly, man, it, it's really, really tough. I mean, if if I'm if I'm rebuilding, I'm holding him unless I get one five or better. I mean, if I can get one five or better in 2024, like if I know this team's bad and I'm getting one five or up, I will take a trade for Jameer Gibbs. But if I'm if I'm contending, man, 
I mean, you can't undersell, but like, I don't know. Could, could you maybe possibly tear up into a back? Like, could you tear up to a Christian McCaffrey? Could you trade a Jameer Gibbs and like, let's say like, you know, a first and try to get Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you might be overpaying a little bit, but at the same time, look what McCaffrey's doing right now. And it's all about winning the championship. So yeah. over 20 points a game with McCaffrey. Right yeah. now. He's, he's making an argument for the MVP award to not finally be a quarterback award. You know, he's, he's having a, a, a phenomenal season, a season I didn't, did not expect, but I, I agree. It, 100, I agree 110%. So I think just depending on the makeup of your team, if you're a buyer, I think that's something I'm looking to do just to, you know, maybe if someone has like a middle of the road rebuilding team has a McCaffrey, can you tear up to a guy like that? If I'm, if I'm a seller, I'm not selling Jameer Gibbs unless I get one five or better. If I can get one five or better, though, I'm moving him because I am concerned. I'm not going to sit here and ra- uh, raise the whole on panic button. But the thing is, man, this, this is so much eerily similar to the DeAndre Swift situation. Yeah. I, lo- I love Jameer Gibbs' talent. But, again, Detroit had no business taking him. They drafted him. They acted like they were excited about it. And, you right. know, and, and what really alarmed me was when they had the game in hand against the Packers, they were still running David Montgomery. I mean, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's almost like Gibbs is the guy that doesn't have a position to me. Like, he's just like, he's, he's like a rover. Like, the, they try to play him in different spots. It's almost like he's a gadgety guy, like Andy says. And that's, that. I mean, that just doesn't work in the NFL. I mean, I, I don't agree. know. But, like, I love Gibbs. I mean, we could see it. Like, look what Swift's doing in Philly right now. You know, it's just for some oh, reason, Dan, Dan Campbell loves these three yard and a cloud of dust running backs. And again, I mean, I, I just think that depending on your makeup of your team, you're, if you're a, if you're a seller and you're a bottom of the tier team, you could afford to be patient. Right. But if you can get a fair offer, I'm moving them. But if I'm, if I'm a contender and I know I have a great chance to win, I'm trying to tear up into a bigger player like a McCaffrey and Gibbs is a good piece. You can maybe get that done with something like that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm also not hitting the panic button on him. I kind of just saw this as a possibility for him because, you know, he is like a gadgety kind of guy. He's not the best in between the tackles runner. Mind you, I do think he's pretty good at it. But, you know, we saw David Montgomery have three touchdowns on the goal line and people were freaking out. But, like, that's not Jameer Gibbs's game. That's not who he is. And I, don't ex- I don't understand why you guys expected any different. Yeah, you know I think I mean? people. I think people expected a lot more than what they're getting from him. I mean, I don't think and necessary. I think the three touchdowns by you know Montgomery on the goal line kind of amplifies people's being that pissed off that they're not using it. So it's like they're thinking like, oh, they're not using him at all. And then on top of that, they're like, well, look at David Montgomery. They're scoring, so they're definitely not using him now. So I guess I think that amplifies the frustration that people have. Yeah, yeah. And when you picked him at one two, like in a one quarterback rookie draft, or you picked him at mm. one four or five in a super flex draft, I mean, it is disappointing because you want to see results because you were bad last year and people do get impatient. And that mm-hmm. that is that is a problem. But I agree. I mean, the worst thing you can do is undersell, panic. You don't want to do that. I think if you get that fair offer, like I said, flipping either side of the coin as a buyer or seller, I would gladly take it, but it's gotta be a fair offer. My uh, my thing, my only argument to your DeAndre Swift um, comparison is, is that I think Dan Campbell just got so frustrated with him and his inability to stay on the field. I think that caused some frustration in the locker room, and I think they kind of started to, you know, show 
their hand on wanting to move him in the offseason by, you know, keeping him healthy because he wasn't staying healthy when he was on the field, you know? No. No, and I mean, it, it's not exactly like that, but let's say this. The usage to this point, it's eerily similar, just the usage. Mm. But, right. I mean, it definitely could go up, but it just seems like they love David Montgomery and the fact that he was injured. And, uh, and you know, I started him in some leagues, and I benched him in some leagues because I had some better options, and I didn't have anybody. So I thought, well, David Montgomery still – David Montgomery, he's a starting running back. You know, so I put him in. And, you know, he had, what, 30-some points. And then in the leagues I benched him, I was disappointed. But at the same time, the reason why I didn't really play him in a couple leagues is because I thought, you know, he's coming back from an injury. He probably could be on a pitch count or something like that, snap count. Mm -hmm. And it just, boy, it wasn't. I mean, they just went full steam ahead with David Montgomery. And I'm like, ooh, you know, <laughs> just just a little worrying. But it's it's like this. You can't, you can't uh, turn a mountain to a molehill, I guess I should say. Right. 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 I, I would say David Montgomery is more of a kneecap biter than, you know, Jameer Gibbs. And, you know, Dan Campbell loves kneecaps. That's, so probably got that's a, probably what it is. He's probably got a couple of pet lines in his garage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last game we'll talk about Eagles versus Rams. Eagles are four and a half point favorites. They do. The Rams do get Puka and Cup this week. And the Eagles secondary is absolutely decimated at this point. Or has looked horrible. So... You know, do you think that the Puka Cup, Puka Cup, that almost sounds like a name, but the Puka <laughs> Cup tandem could be a thing? Or do you think this is kind of, you know, Cup's team and Puka will probably end up falling on the wayside? Yeah, I, I think, I think honestly, there's a world for both of them. I, I, Stafford's good enough. He could distribute to both of them. I mean, it's not like a Geno Smith situation in Seattle, Seattle where he can't feed three mouths. Stafford's pretty good, man. As long as he's healthy, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league as far as, mm -hmm. you know, he's been around the block and he's, you know, he's a, he's a good distributor of the ball. And if you look at it, man, Puka actually lines up quite a bit on the outside. Outside. Yep. 100% mm -hmm. so, agree. So I do think there's a world for both of them. Now, do I think there could be a, a week where you could get maybe 10 or 12 out of Puka and get 30 out of Cup? Oh, I think yep. that's possible. But, I mean, there's still them opportunities where Puka could get these – good really solid monster games it's not like it's going to go by the wayside i agree with that. i think got it i think i think you're going to see puka's production drop a little bit with cup coming back i think they're going to want to kind of get the ball to cup because i do think it's cup's team mm -hmm. um so i don't think you're going to see the as much of you seen him seen of puka these past four weeks mm -hmm. um but i don't think he's going to go to down to like a you know an eight point guy um but you're you're right. You're right. Uh, Stafford can distribute the ball well, so hopefully it doesn't happen this week. Um, any other week after this one will be fine. But yeah, I don't think he falls uh, to the wayside at all. Yeah. I uh, I agree. I agree with both of you guys. I really I liked Puka coming into this year, especially with you know the second wide receiver option on the Rams being so wide open because I didn't really mm -hmm. think much of Van Jefferson to be honest with you. Uh, I do think both of them can live you know, happily ever after uh, on the uh, outside or in the slot. Um, and ag again, you guys are both right. You know, Matthew Stafford, still that gunslinger mentality that he's always yeah. had throughout his career. Uh, I, I think if anything, Puka has become a hold, a definite hold or a sell high. I traded Puka for Saquon Barkley in one league. And do I have fear of missing out? 110%. But I needed some <laughs> running back help. 
And you can't really go, you know, any better than Saquon Barkley, re- really. You know, you know he's banged up, but when he's back, he's, uh, you know, a top 10 running back most yeah. weeks. Yep. So, I, I, again, I think, I think this is going to work out for the both of them. But, all right, you know, TJ, we'll get you out of here. I know you got a lot on your plate with the <laughs> Dynes DNA crew. Um, again, you got anything you want to plug before we go where we can find you on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called now? <laughs> yeah, whatever they want to change it to. But no, man, no, I appreciate you guys having me. I'm, I'm in no hurry, believe me. I, I'm a night owl anyway, so we're all good. But you can find me on Twitter at, or uh, Dynasty DNA on Twitter at Dynasty DNA underscore. Uh, yeah, I mean, we post stuff over there all the time. As I mentioned, the D- Dynasty DNA Discord guys, if you want to join that, jump in there. I know Rich and uh, Mike both are in that with us as well. We have a great time over there. I mean, we talk trades, you know, start sits, all that. We love just adding great fantasy football people over there. We like talking football. The link's in the description on our Twitter page. Uh, again, that's Dynasty DNA underscore. And, yeah, I mean, if you want to check our podcasts out, check us out. We're on all the big podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Pods, Stitcher, Google, Amazon. And we, we put out YouTube videos here and there, too. I mean, we're not quite as active over there, but we still get some stuff out. And, you know, who, who wouldn't want to see our beautiful, shining faces over there? So, for <laughs> a while, so. That's, why, that's why Rich and I only do audio only. Yeah, <laughs> that's they what say, I said. You know, the the fem the female viewership on that's gotta be low. I mean, see them four ugly mugs on there, right? They, they say we have we have a face for radio. That's that's right. That's right. But one last thing before we go, uh, I'm gonna guess you you guys Philadelphia, you're gonna be hockey guys, am I right? I was uh, really big into hockey when I was younger. Yeah, but, same. I get they stink, man. The Flyers yeah, stink. The Flyers are so <laughs> frustrating to watch. They are super frustrating to watch. Believe and their tickets not, are through the roof. Their, their oh, tickets yeah. are through the roof, and the team stinks. Yeah, that that's how it always works. Well, the only reason I'm saying that is because usually with the way the Steelers have been going, and of course the Pirates, the Penguins are the only thing I can hang my hat on. <laughs> you, had to, you had to throw that in there, didn't you? You had to throw right. that. In. Well, you know, I felt bad old show all show talking about the Steelers' struggles. I had to get something positive in it. <laughs> but you no, mean- hey, I, I just appreciate you guys having me on, man. Like I get like I said, guys, I had a lot of fun and and everyone listening, you guys gotta keep uh, listening to these fellas. They're great, great fantasy football minds and I enjoy listening, so Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming on. Uh it was uh it was a good time. It was a good time. We gotta do it again. Absolutely. Yeah, it would be Thanks. awesome. Anytime you guys holler, I'll be love to come on and chat some more fantasy. Awesome. Thank you again awesome, for man. coming on. And for uh, myself and Rich, we'll be signing off for Wind Daily Sports. The Dynasty Dogs are out. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>